Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Now, um, today the topic is entitled, Are the Dead Really Dead? You should have received the guide as you came in through the door, but if for some reason you don't have it, please raise your hand and somebody is going to come and give it to you. Also, as you come out of the sanctuary, there are many guides there at the table by the door. And uh, we want you to take at least one. If you can take 5, 10, 15, if you want to take the whole thing, it's okay. The idea is for you to take, give it to somebody. We have from lessons 1 to 8, I believe. And uh, during these weeks, we're going to be giving these lessons. And then we will continue giving the other lessons so that you can share. So that you can share with your friends, with your coworkers, with your colleagues. And tell them, you know, we've been learning some things, and I believe you will enjoy this. So, are the dead really dead? That is the question for today. Do you know the story that is told in John chapter 11? Martha, Mary, Lazarus. Are you familiar with the story? Okay. Today I'm going to tell you that story, but... It's from a different Bible. This is King Andy version. So Lazarus was very sick. And uh, he eventually died. Now when Lazarus dies in the King Andy version, you can read that he saw heaven being open. And he had a vision of angels. And he heard this wonderful music and the harps and the angels were broom, broom. Uh, you remember the harp from a few months back? Um, the angels were praying their harps, and he saw this bright light. And as he went to the gate of heaven, he saw Peter. Peter, what are you doing here? Are you dead already? No, it's just part of the story. Okay, it's okay, okay, moving on. So, and then he's ushered in, and he sees the angels. And the angels are telling him, well, uh, Lazarus, here is where we play tennis. And here is where you can play bowling. And that's the pool. And this is the sauna. And that's the tree of life. You can eat from it as much as you want. It's sort of buffet style. You just go and you pick a few things. And then you just eat. Okay, good. Man, that first day was awesome. Eventually, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up the next day, and he asks the angel, why am I sleeping? It's just, you're used to it. Eventually, you will not sleep anymore, but it's okay. So on the second day, he begins to have a tour of the holy city. And they show him the, the, the different mansions, like this is the S-size mansion. But if you go to that neighborhood, we have M-size. These are a little bit bigger. Then you have the l and you have the XL. The XL is only for the prophets. Normal people don't get XL. XL is for the prophets. Oh, wow. Amazing stuff. He goes to sleep. He wakes up again. Now it's the third day. And on the third day, the angels bring him a pair of wings. And they say, okay, so now you've been in heaven for three days. Now it's time to begin for you learning how to use the wings. So they come with some drills and... They install the wings on Lazarus, 
And he begins, he begins to learn how to flap and all the rest. And okay, now it's just practice, okay? You need to practice. Just flap, flap. You'll spend the day just flapping around. Tomorrow we have flight practice. Man, he's so excited. He goes to sleep. He wakes up the fourth day. And then the angels call him, Lazarus, come. Now it's time for the flight uh, test. Try your wings. Okay, it's all good. All good. But then he begins to hear, Lazarus. What? Lazarus. Who's calling me? Lazarus. And there is some light. Some very bright light. And then like a thing opens. This portal. Intragalactic portal. And he begins to be sucked out of heaven. And Lazarus, no! And he goes, and then he finds himself, he wakes up. He's all stinky, wrapped in some disgusting stuff. He begins to see, oh, he's in a cave. When he goes out, he sees Jesus, his sisters crying, a lot of people crying, and they're very happy to see him. But he says, what? Lazarus, you are back. I'm back? Yeah, we miss you. What? Thank you, Jesus. That's the way the story reads in King Andy version. Um, which version you like first? <laughs> well, depending on the version that you choose, that's, what's good, that's what you're going to experience when the time comes. Um, it's sort of a... You know, it's, yes, we're in church, but we can also have, oops, that's not me. Maybe that's Lazarus. He's getting new wings. Uh, <laughs> the Word of God gives us plenty of instruction for us to see and for us to understand the ways of God. Yes, the Bible does not answer every single question. Like, for example, the Bible doesn't say anything about marijuana. But there are lots of questions, and there is enough information for you to figure out what you should do given the situation, including what to do about marijuana, now that I mentioned that. So today, as you have your lessons, we can go to question number one. How did humans get here in the first place. Now for that, the Bible takes us to the very beginning. And we are told in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The Bible describes the creation of humanity by just saying that God Created like a, like a doll with clay, this shape. And then when the shape was ready, the Lord comes and he breathes. And suddenly, this doll is not inactive anymore, is not inanimate anymore. Now this is described as a living what? Being. If you're using an older Bible, maybe if you read in the old King James, it will say that the man became a soul. Newer versions, they will just tell you, like the NIV, the man became a living 
being. Now, what happens when a person dies? So when you come to life, the Lord, that very first time he created some matter, and then he brought his living energy into the matter, and the thing became alive. Now, what happens when we die? What does the Bible say about that? Book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 12, verses 6 to 7. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So here the image that we receive from the word of God is that the system is very similar, the process is very similar, but in reverse. So when somebody dies, the Bible says that the dust, what happens? The dust returns to the ground where it came from, and the spirit, what happens? Returns to God who gave it. So there is no longer a living being. There is just matter left on one side, and the living energy of God went on another side. But then what about that spirit? What is that spirit that returns to God when people die? What does the Bible say about that? We can read in the book of Job, chapter 27, verses 3 and 4. As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. You see, many people believe that we have a soul, and not only human beings, that also animals have a soul, and plants have a soul, and, and so many things. But according to the Bible, we have two components. One component is matter, soil, dust, earth, and the other component is spirit, or breath. And when these two things are together, then you become a living being. Or in the words of the old King James Bible, you become a living soul. And then when those things fall apart, what happened to the soul? The soul is no more. It's like when we talk about light. For you to get light, you have a bulb, a physical part, and you have electricity, the energy, the power. When those things come together, you have light. When the bulb and the electricity become apart, what happens to the light? Did it go to heaven? Did it go to hell? Did it go to purgatory? Oh, I forgot, the Pope closed purgatory a few years ago. Um, but yeah, so what happens to the soul? There is no soul. Once those elements are apart, according to the Bible, that's it. But then, what is a soul? What can we see in the scripture, not just hearing and an example of light and all the rest? What does the Bible actually tell me about a soul? I want to read with you two texts. And then in the next story, we will also read another text. Now, these two texts are coming from the Old Testament. In the next question, I'm going to read with you a text from the New Testament so that we will see that this is the teaching of the Bible, the whole Bible, not just one part or anything like that. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils 
the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, I know that you can read Hebrew, right? <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe somebody here can read Hebrew. So I wrote here the Hebrew um, terms for you. Here it says nefesh hayah. Now, nefesh is a word that is usually translated as soul. Um, nefesh, it just means body, but it's many times translated soul. Um, and hayah means living. So you have a living body, a living soul, a living being. That's why the NIV translates in this way. So remember, this is the word that the Bible usually translates as soul, a nephesh. In Numbers chapter 6 and verse 6, we read, Throughout the period of their dedication to the Lord, the Nazarite must not go near a dead body. Now, if you are curious, this thing looks similar, right? It's the same word, nephesh, but now these other words sounds met. Similar to the Arabic, I suppose. In Arabic, death is what? Mat? Mut? Something like that? Mot? Yeah. So in Hebrew, it's, it's the same root. It's the same semantic root. So it says nephesh mot. So you have a nephesh haya, a living soul, and you have a nephesh mot, a dead soul. So can the soul die? Yes, according to the Bible, it can die. Because a soul is not something separate from us. The soul is us. It's like when you read in the newspaper, and there were 40,000 souls in the stadium. What was that? People. Just people in the stadium. So the Bible talks clearly about living souls and about dead souls. Now, next question. Do souls die? Because of the previous text, we can already say yes. But then let's look at another text in the New Testament. Book, uh, book of Revelation, the very last book in the Bible, chapter 16 and verse 3. The second angel poured out his bowl in, on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person. And every living thing in the sea died. Now, if you can read in the Greek text, it says, Fuke soe apethanen. Literally, the soul that was living died. Every soul that was alive, what happened? Died. So, do souls die according to the Bible? Yes. I am not quoting it here, but if I'm not mistaken, the reference is Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20, or maybe verse 28, one of those two. It says, the soul that sins, that soul will die. Because according to the Bible, again, the soul is not something that we have. According to the Bible, the soul is something that we are. We are a soul composed of matter and living energy, then we become a soul. We become a living being. And that soul can live. That soul can die. Question number six. Do good people go to heaven when they die? Knowing that the soul lives or dies, then we should already know the answer to this question. But let's look at what the Bible says. Do good people go to heaven when they die? 
Look at the example of David. Do you know the story of David? King David? Have you read the Psalms? Do you like the Psalms? Good. Now, do you think that King David repented from his sins? Yes, right? So, would you think, especially when the Messiah is said to be the son of David, do you expect that King David is to be saved? Yes, right? It's, it's presented as somebody who is a, peop, a person of faith, somebody who is righteous. Now, what does the Bible say about David? Book of Acts, chapter 2, I'm going to read here from the screen, verse 29, verse 31, and then verse 34 and 35. If you have your Bibles, remember, the screen are for the lazy people. Please open your Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 29 says, Fellow Israelites... I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is where? Here to this day. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. For David, can you read that for me? For David... Can you do that again? For David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So David is presented as a righteous person. David is presented in the scripture as a prophet. David is presented as the forefather of the Messiah. He is the son of David. So we can safely assume in the scriptures that David will be saved nonetheless the bible says david died and he was buried and he did not go up and he did not go down he just died finished he just died now let's look at another question how much does one know or comprehend after death when you passed away what is the next thing? What, what do you experience? We are reading again from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. This is verses 4 to 6. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Do you prefer to be a lion or a dog? Do you prefer to be a lion or a dog? In a lenzu? Maybe better even to be a, a lion in Alensu. Maybe. Uh, I would prefer to be a free dog than a caged lion. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but the Bible says that it is better for you to be a live dog than a dead lion. Why? Well, because once you are dead, you are dead. The living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward. Even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. I know that many Christians believe something different. What can I say? But this is what the Bible says. I know that many Christians and also in other religions, people believe that when somebody dies, 
there is some spirit that goes somewhere. It either goes up or it goes down or it goes around. And if you still owe them money, they will come at night and pull at your toes. Do you have those stories? <laughs> those are the stories back home. You owed money to some people. When they die, they will come back to you. They will pull on your bed sheets. They will pull on your toes. Well, if you owe money to people, now you can have peace. <laughs> Better pay your debts. <laughs> but if you have the bad habits of not paying your debts and you're, the person that you owe money to has passed away, the Bible says they cannot remember that you owe them money. They cannot come back. They don't talk. They have nothing to do with the things that happen here on this planet. So just give me back my money, okay, before... <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't... When people ask me money, just a little piece of advice now that I'm talking about money. When somebody asks you money, what I do, I give what I'm willing to give up. I don't expect for people to pay me back. Um, if you pay me back, that's great. I could do something for somebody else. But I don't, because, you know, when I expect it and then I don't get it, you feel disappointed. So somebody asked me for help, just, okay, have it. In my mind, it's gone. It's finished. I will tell you, give me back my money, okay? You have two months to give me back my money. But in my mind, I already wrote it off. So if you owe me money, I hope you pay me, but <laughs> I already wrote it off. Um, because, I mean, how can you force people to do anything? So just what you do, do it, forget it. The Lord says, blessed is the one who refreshes the poor. So even if that one is a poor robber and <laughs> he deceived you and all the rest, the Lord is just. Believe in that. The Lord is just. He knows what we need. So let's seek the kingdom of God first and all the other things. What? Will be given to us as well. Let's go to the next question. Question number eight. Can't the dead communicate with the living? And aren't they aware of what the living are doing? There is a saying also in my country talking about witches. And the saying goes, do they fly? Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> there are some stuff happening on this planet. But what does, the, what does the Bible say about it? Is it dead people who have just come and are wandering around? Let's see what the Bible says. This is the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 10, verse 12, verse 21. Let's read together. But a man dies and is laid low. He breathes his last and is no more. As the water of a lake dries up, or a riverbed becomes parched and dry, so he lies down. And what? Does not rise. Till the heavens are no more, and people will not awake or be roused from their sleep. If their children are honored, they do not know it. If their offspring are brought low, they do not see it. You see, some people take comfort in thinking, oh, auntie is in heaven now, and she is watching over us. <laughs> well, sometimes your life is miserable, and you don't want for anybody to see that. 
Can you imagine your auntie in heaven try to enjoy heaven and you having a really, really hard time down here? And there is nothing she can do to help you? Do you think that's heaven for her? Do you think she can enjoy her new wings and learning how to fly and going to another planet? You know, this is the best thing that a merciful God does for his children. Once we are dead, that's it, we're dead. We cannot remember, we cannot see, we cannot do anything because the Bible compares that to sleep. You are sleep. When you are asleep, people walk around you, people talk. Well, some people wake up very easily, but I know somebody who you can kick out of the bed and she will not wake up. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're asleep, you don't know anything. You are unconscious. And that's the figure that the Bible uses. So if somebody passed away and their loved ones are having a great time, they don't see that. They are going through horrible suffering. They don't see that. They are resting. They have no part on the things that are happening here on earth. Question number nine. If the dead cannot communicate, then who do the medians speak to? Because again, the saying in my country goes, do they fly? Oh yes, they do. So who are these people talking to? First book of Chronicles, chapter 10, verses 13 to 14. Do you remember the story when King Saul was desperate and he wanted to talk to Samuel? Remember the story? Samuel was alive or dead? Dead. What did Saul do? He went to some witch for her to bring up Samuel. And so Saul thought that he was talking to Samuel. But this Samuel, the Bible says that he came down from the earth. Now, do you think that Samuel is down? Supposing that the good people go to heaven, would he come from down? So that's already something, uh, what was his story all about? This is the explanation of the story in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verses 13 to 14. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned his kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. It says that Saul did not consult the Lord. Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. For, for Saul to be able to talk to Samuel, if Samuel was in heaven, who would have to give the authorization? God. But the Bible says that Saul did not consult from God. So who did he consult from? If you're not talking to God, to who are you talking to? Jesus said, the one who is not with me, he is what? He is against me. The one who does not gather with me scatters. This is something serious. This is very serious. Because you need to be aware that whenever you are talking, you think that you are talking to somebody who is already dead, you are not talking to that person. You are talking to spirits. You are talking to evil spirits, not light spirits, not heavenly spirits, not good spirits. You are talking to things that are not related to God, not 
connected to God. That's why we will see later that the Bible gives strong warnings not to attempt to talk to the dead. Question number 10. Do devils really work miracles? Because sometimes these witches, man, they have power. So how can we explain these powerful things that these people do? Revelation chapter 16, verses 13 to 14. This is talking about last day's events, the times that we're living on. Revelation 16 says, Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits. They perform signs. They go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Also in Revelation chapter 13, it says that the beast has such power that he can even make fire, what? Fall from heaven. So does the devil and his angel, do them have power? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Even the Apostle Paul says that the devil can even masquerade as an angel of light. Not an evil angel. Sometimes people think, oh, when I'm, see, when I'm going to see the devil, he's going to come to me with the horns and the tail and the, uh, what's this animal? The goat feet and all the rest. And he's going to, <coughs> and he's going to have this horrible voice. Do you think the devil is really going to come to you like that? Would he deceive anybody if he showed himself like that? No, man. The devil will come to you as a gentleman to woo your heart. Miss. The devil will come to you as a beautiful woman. Mister. The devil will come to you as a great business opportunity. The devil will come to you in a very nice package so that you are fooled because that's what he is he is the father of lies he is a deceiver from the very beginning he will come to you with the express purpose of deceiving question 11 why does satan want people to believe that the dead can communicate could this subject be more important than we think now, I want to apologize because you have seen that every time I preach, I read from you from the Bible and the Bible only. Have you seen that? Yes? Okay. I thought you were dead for a moment. You knew nothing. <laughs> you had nothing to do with the things of this world. <laughs> but I want to read now for you something that a lady called Ellen White wrote. I believe that God used her to speak to his people. I believe that this lady was a prophet. Now, when people hear that, they are sort of confused and they think, what? Yes, I believe this lady was a prophet. Does that mean that what she wrote is part of the Bible? No, it is not. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that John the Baptist was a prophet? How many books of the Bible did he write? Do you believe that John the Baptist was a prophet? Jesus said he is the greatest of all prophets. How many books of the Bible did he write? Did he write? One? Two? Three? Being a prophet and being in the Bible 
are two different things. So I do believe this lady was a prophet. Is she in the Bible? No, nothing to do. Different things. But this quotation, Great Controversy, page 588, she wrote, through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul, that people never die, that when you die, you don't really die, you just float around. Two great errors, the immortality of the soul, and Sunday sacredness, Satan will bring the people under his deceptions. We don't have the time to elaborate on this, but I think this quote is very, very important. Every Seventh-day Adventist should keep it in mind. Question number 12. Will, why will God's people not be deceived? Book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. This is a classic. I believe everybody knows, almost everybody has heard this text. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have what? No light. So you, uh, you have a toothache, and you don't have insurance. And then your, your friend says, come on, you know, there is this guy. He can do some prayers for you. He will hit you with a stick, and he will put some leaves upon you, and he will say, choo, 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 <laughs> and you will be healed. <laughs> ah, I'm saying something that you heard, right? The Bible is telling you, do not do that. Do not do that. Do not try to cross this light. Do not play with this thing because you are playing with stuff you cannot control. We need to be on the side of God. He is powerful enough. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But the very first step is to submit yourself To God. We cannot mess with the devil by ourselves. We cannot be play, playing with darkness by ourselves. We are going to be overpowered. We are going to be deceived. We are going to be ensnared. The Bible says, should the living consult the dead? No way. Consult God's instruction. Consult his testimony. Consult the scriptures. There you will find the answers that you are looking for. Question number 13. Back in Moses' day, what did God command should be done to people who thought that the dead were alive and they could talk to these dead people? Let's read Leviticus chapter 20, verses 6 and 27. Leviticus 20, 6 and 27. God says, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them. And I will cut them off from their people. A man or woman who is a medium or a spiritist amongst, among you must be put to death. You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. Whew. This is what was happening when God was the direct and supreme ruler of the people. 
No need for second judgment. No need for anything else. God was there. And God said, this is haram. Don't do it. Alas, finish. Paid. Paid in full. <laughs> no installments. No nothing. Today, the Lord is giving us time. But there will come a time when all of us will be judged. There will come a time when every action will be reviewed and every thought and every word. But the principle is the same. Do you think that God likes for us to be consulting mediums, spiritists, and reading things uh, about New Age and witchcrafts and the crystals and the planets and the blah, blah, blah? Do you think God is honored with those things? This is very strong, very, very strong passage. Question number 14. When Jesus called the unconscious state of the, sleep, of the dead sleep in John 11, how long will the people sleep? We can read what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming. When all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live. Those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. You see, that's why the Bible talks about sleeping. We say, oh, that person is dead. No, according to the Bible, there is death. And that death is final. Uh, many times to avoid confusion, especially in the book of Revelation, it talks about the second death. But when the Bible uses the normal terminology, it just talks about sleeping. Because when you're sleeping, it is assuming that you will what? Wake up one day. And God will wake up everybody. Hey, it's time to check the books. Huh? What? What? Yeah. Time to check the books. Did you follow... Did you accept what I give you? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Come. Did you accept what I give you? No, man. I didn't like it. I wanted to try my own. Okay, good. Go your own way. God is light and God is life. If we choose him, we have life. If we reject him, well, we have the opposite of life. Many times people think that there will be either eternal life in heaven or eternal life in hell. I hope that today it's very clear in your minds that the Bible doesn't speak about such thing. The Bible tells you you can have eternal life with God or you can die. Finish. There is life and there is death. There is no such thing as eternal life away from God. Question 15. What happens to the righteous dead at the second coming of Christ? The Bible answers 1 Corinthians 15. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, meaning we will not all die. It's not talking about sleeping in church, okay? You're not forgiven. <laughs> I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be Changed For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. So you have your faith in Christ. You fall asleep. You die. The time will come. 
when you will listen to that voice. And he will raise you up, and in that very moment, you will be transformed. And he will give you a beautiful body, not like this one, you know. We have things that we are lacking, and things that we have too much. And you know yourself, I don't need to point at you, I can only point at myself, right? But this body will be changed, and will be made perfect to live with God forever. Now, will the righteous people who are raised in the resurrection ever die again? You slept, God raised you. Will you sleep again? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 4, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Amen? Amen. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Praise the Lord. This is the promise of the Lord. There is one more thing that I would like to mention. Jesus died on our behalf, right? So... We need, we need to think, and we need to think logically. So people say, many Christians say that the punishment from being away from God is for people to go, that's not me, uh, that for people to go to hell and burn them forever, right? Many Christians believe that the punishment for sinners is to go to hell and burn them forever. Good. Now Jesus came so he could pay our penalty, right? He came so he could die on our behalf and he could change places with us. Right? So he died on a Friday. He stayed in the tomb during the Sabbath day. On morning, Sunday morning, he resurrected. Now, if Jesus is paying the penalty of living forever and ever in hell and being burned for eternity... Could he rise up on Sunday? Ah, you never thought about that, right? You see, the Bible is a book that makes sense. The Bible is a book that is interconnected. So what Jesus died for us, when Jesus took our place, he died what the Bible calls eternal death. That's why it was God himself who needed to break death. It was God himself who needed to break the power of death. If you and I, if we go and we try to break eternal death, that eternal death will break us. But when the source of life goes face to face with death, what happens? The Bible says that he conquered death. He destroyed death. Death could not hold him because death would look at the Lord and death would say, What, what, what can I do? I am outmatched outsourced. This is too much for me. And Jesus went in. Okay, death, that's what you're supposed to do for my children. The time will come when you also will be destroyed. The truth of the Bible gives us hope, gives us assurance. One more question. Beliefs in reincarnation is expanding rapidly today. Is this teaching biblical? There are so many people who have um, this idea, it's mainly an Eastern idea, but now it's all over the place, 
Does the, Bible, does the Bible say anything about reincarnation? And, you know, you were good, so you reincarnate as a richer person. Or you were bad, so you reincarnate as a donkey or a goat or who knows what. What does the Bible say? Book of Hebrews, chapter 7, sorry, chapter 9, verses 29 to 28. Just as people are destined to die, how many times? They are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. That idea that the souls are sort of recycling and going back again through the system is not coming from the scripture. Yes, lots of people believe it. Many people hold it, but it's not a biblical idea. The Bible says that people live and then they die once. And then judgment. God's judgment. Now, why do we need to understand what the Bible says about death? And here we will end with what was our scripture reading for today. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. You see, when you lose somebody that you love, you can have the assurance that there is a loving God in heaven. That person is not up in heaven seeing this world suffering. No. And that person is also not in hell burning and suffering. No. That person is resting. Resting for the day when a merciful God will judge people. And this judgment will have basically one question. Did you accept the gift that I gave you? That's it. Did you accept the gift that I gave you? So I want to invite you today to accept that gift. To receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And to trust that this everlasting torment and all the rest. Yes, the Bible speaks about hell. And yes, there will be a hell. But according to the scriptures, nobody is there yet. Because at the moment, judgment needs to come first. Lord needs to come first. So may the Lord bless us today. And I want to invite you for the next time. Our topic will be... Is the devil in charge of hell? So if you want to see that, please come. Invite your friends to come. Also, right after we finish the service, um, myself and the elders and other leaders of the church, we're going to stay behind. If you want to stay for prayer, you are most welcome to do so. May the Lord bless you.